Welcome to Digineer Presents. My name is Paresh Gajria. I am a consultant at Digineer. Today's episode is called Leadership in Consulting. And at the table with me is one of our fantastic consultants, Megan Gustafson. Hi. And Megan is here to talk to us about how to basically look at your current engagement or a future engagement and influence for results and influence for tangible forward momentum something that sounds buzzwordy but really means a lot when you're in a project deep and you need to make movement right Megan right on absolutely So Megan, I'm going to start off at the top here. So as a consultant at Digineer and someone who's also an internal team lead with us, when you land at an engagement and you kind of take the survey of what's going on, regardless of role, you could be a product owner, you could be a project manager, whatever the role may be on paper, what makes you identify an opportunity to lead? As an internal team lead here at Digineer and as a consultant of five years, I have learned that when you see an opportunity, which you might be able to do pretty quickly, you might be able to make some grounded assessments on your first couple of days or weeks at a client. Focus on that. Focus on closing it. Whether it seems in or out of your reach, that's your goalpost. And you can partner with other clients, employees you might be working with, other consultants who might happen to be on your same project. And and try to create that change and create that momentum to close the gap that you assess early on. Nothing's out of reach. Actually, that's a really good point. I have a follow-up to that. So if you are new to consulting, like, of course, you've been consulting for five years. I've been consulting for about the same time. But if you're new to consulting, how do you break past that, oh, this is not my swim lane kind of thing? Like, you know, am I, am I overreaching Am I going to make somebody upset if I do this? What do you suggest perhaps a new hire could do for that? One thing to keep in mind is is a client has a particular issue. They're hiring you uh, for a particular reason to help solve problems. And Digineer has a reputation for not just coming in to meet the bare minimum, but rising above and really trying to affect and you know turn results on wherever possible. So... Coming in as a Digineer consultant is kind of gives you that that springboard jumping off point. You might also partner with um, any other consultant or any other consultant who might have faced a, a similar issue in the past, right? We, we love to share experience and share knowledge here at Digineer. So coming in with that mindset is key for or anyone new to consulting. So Megan, when you end up on that situation so whether it's you whether it's whomever is listening to this podcast ends up in a situation where they find an opportunity and you know people say problems and challenges i think at digineer we call them opportunities because it's always an opportunity to solve for a solution what kind of methods or framework or system and this doesn't have to be formal in any way but there's something in your brain that goes if i do one two three things what helps you discern the opportunity and what kind of questions would you ask off that opportunity to see if it's something you can step into? Naturally, when you start a project, you might be there to solve a particular issue. You might also identify symptoms 
adjacent issues that might be contributing to your particular project or deliverable, or maybe not, you just notice their, their symptoms. I think it's important to figure out what your goal is at the client. So having that conversation with them when you first hit the ground running, what problem are you trying to solve? And, and if these adjacent issues happen to, to touch influence, whether your client realizes it or not, your future desired future states, that's my indicator that it's on the table, that it's fair, that it's worth a discussion and worth exploration uh, to try to figure out how to solve. I, I, that's fairly simple when you put it in, in words, but I, practice is definitely a lot harder, isn't it? It absolutely is harder, especially when you're coming into a culture you don't know with individuals, humans you don't know well. It can be challenging. So that's that's interesting because when we go in as consultants, obviously, if we're doing a repeat engagement at a client we've been at, it's one thing. But if you're landing at a new place, completely brand new, you're representing a brand, of course, but who do you represent yourself as? Like how A lot of people walk into a room and, and this is age old adage that people say, oh, that person looks like they can lead a project. That person is a natural born leader. We've heard that phrase multiple times. Do you think leadership is natural? Do you think it's cultivated? Is it a mix of both? I certainly think it's a mix of both. I think there are people who are born naturally with leadership type potential in all kinds of circumstances and any kind of environments. I also truly do believe that you can learn, refine leadership skills, both from a soft skill perspective um, and and subject matter expertise perspective. My bachelor's degree was in organizational leadership. And in that process, I learned a tremendous amount about how to be intentional, thoughtful, about refining some of those leadership type soft skills. So I know for sure it is absolutely something that can be worked on and strengthened as an individual. Obviously, as a Digineer consultant, you've gone through our commitment-based management training and you've gone through our organizational change management training and we've had a series of podcasts on that. How much does the commitment-based management, or we like to call it internally CBM, how much of that has been helpful for you to be as a consultant in a, in, in a pseudo-leadership role or to lead a project? Honestly, it's helped me tremendously as a consultant. I also use it in my everyday life as well, frankly. There are some principles of CBM that are the foundation of how we behave here at Digineer, but they also make you a pretty excellent and reasonable human out in the real world as well. For example, be the team. That's one of my favorite leadership principles, whether I'm at work or or not. I also strongly favor the language around assessments, which is a, a, a big part of our CBM principles. When I'm looking at a situation, and this is this is also plays into coming into a new environment, a new client for the first time and getting to know the space, getting to know the symptoms, getting to know your project delivery scope it is making assessments and then determining if they're grounded or ungrounded. Do they have weight? Are they are they proven, valid? Now that's a grounded assessment. And ungrounded, it's fair to use that language, especially when you're working with your peers so that you might share a bit more about, well, this is not something I've proven, but here's what I think I, I see here. And that helps you get to know the people around you you're working with. It helps you build trust. And it also helps you 
actually deliver the results, not just the surface level ones. Not like, oh, great, we we delivered all 100, 100 tasks on our project plan. No, no, no. Did you actually help create positive change and forward momentum permanently in this space and leave your client better than you found them? I 100% agree. I think that's one of the challenges that all consultants have, regardless of experience level. I know that, you know, talking to our CEO, you know, when we have hallway conversations, which used to be a thing before the pandemic, but now there's Zoom conversations. Um, but there's conversations that we have around the fact that Michael will say, you know, it's those things. It's like leaving the permanent change. And that's really about the situation of also being in the real world. You want to leave a good impression on everybody you meet and cross paths with. So I'm going to ask you a very uh, non-tangible question. It's more of a touchy-feely thing, and I know that's that's kind of where you like being, you know, in the in the feeling space of leadership too. Is when you are in a leadership position, whether you're as an organizational position, as a team lead, or whether you're, you know, perhaps the most senior, most consultant in the room, or perhaps the most experienced consultant in the room. How do you lift and inspire others to find that leadership gene in them? The way I've practiced that in the past. This is what I know for sure about leadership. I have a set of principles that I follow that that are my foundation for leadership. But every individual is a special snowflake in, as far as what they need to motivate them, to bring out their strengths, to harness appropriately their weaknesses. And it, it takes... Something special for everyone, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. But from a blanket perspective, not talking about any one individual, I try very hard, and I'm going to bring back this CBM principle of being the team. If I am the one, whether I'm in a formal leadership role on the team or informal, and maybe I'm just the most senior or have an expertise um, that others might not, I do everything to support that team. I take a very servant approach as much as possible. If it means a really gnarly task, if it means an ambiguous assignment that others might not be willing to tackle, if it means a crappy shift, because occasionally when you work as a consultant, you might be working a late evening or maybe even a weekend to get something delivered. I take that on. I'll take the Saturday day shift. I'll take the really tough leadership presentation. I don't just delegate. I, I'm in there with the trenches with the team. That's an important part of teamwork. It's an important part of leadership for me. And that really sets, I hope, sets and perpetuates a tone um, that we're all in this together. We're all just trying to do good work and, again, create good change at the client. I agree. And in my informal and formal leadership roles, which, by the way, good phrase, right? It's Because it, sometimes you just have the title, sometimes you don't. Um, what I've always told the people I'm working with and for, I've said that if it comes to me, it's probably too late. Like I'm also granting you the trust and the authority to go make that decision and lead as well. I think that's important to empower. I, I, I think servant leadership is is slightly uh, underrated or highly underrated actually to to go from there. Segwaying a little bit here. So so when you do end up in that position, good leaders recognize that at some point you got to move on. That right? you have to move on and you have to do other things so you can go turn results on somewhere else. So how do you hand that off? How do you pass the baton off to the next person? Because you, you can't hold everything. Right. Any one person cannot be the sort of the, the roadblock or hold all of the responsibility, all of the knowledge. So I try to 
build that knowledge sharing delegation into the whole length of an engagement with my team, whether they're consultants or whether they're uh, employees at the, at the client that we happen to be partnering with. So sharing that knowledge, sharing the duty of whatever it is that we're working towards and sharing as much of the context and the why, not just the what, is a very big part of creating capable leaders around me or just sharing knowledge and helping other consultants or other um, individuals grow in, in their particular role. So I do that work the whole time through and through these past five years delegating, working a lot with teams versus individual contribution, delegating, making your expectations clear and granting trust is a very big part of how you enable others to continue to do that work and have the confidence and the actual ability to deliver that thing without being uh, their handheld or being micromanaged, if you will. So I have two final questions. Um, when you, as a consultant, take on the leadership role, the implicit and explicit accountability falls on your shoulders, right? And as a consultant, sometimes we were just talking about this in the last podcast with uh, t- our other consultant, Taylor Ackerman, on networking. Sometimes there's work that you do that gets you know put aside for many reasons, and you spend a year doing it, maybe a half year doing it, but the accountability never goes away. You're still accountable to complete the work. You're still accountable. Good, bad, or worse, there's machinations at the client that you cannot control. So how does a leader who is a consultant deal with accountability that may or may not be your responsibility? That's a very persistent challenge as a consultant. You don't have the same stake. You don't have the same implied longevity that a full-time employee might have in a space. When I'm faced with a reprioritization that might put something on the shelf, something I, I, I know I've been named responsible or, or accountable for, I'm intentional about reminding my clients, hey, this thing is still sitting over here. Um, I'm also very good about recognizing or keeping my eyes and ears open for whatever might be happening around the organization, whether it's related to my delivery or not. Perhaps that thing that we set aside actually might play a role in some other sphere of influence, some other initiative that may or may not be important to my client um, that could create good positive change somewhere else across the organization. So I keep that top of mind. I make it clear that it's there, half finished, one third finished, whatever it might be. And I ask them for their insight on when we reprioritize, bring that back into the fold, or perhaps it belongs somewhere else with another employee of theirs or another consultant that we might be able to uh, bring in to help get the job done. And that last statement is actually very accurate. It just jogged a thought in my mind is that you don't have to be a leader and have the loudest voice. You can still be a leader by by being a SME or by being a good support analyst. And you don't have to be a leader by doing all the work. Yeah, recognizing the work that can be done, the good work, the right work is a big part of of driving results and again leaving that lasting change at a client you might influence another an, another FTE or another leader to start looking at their work or their influence differently um, by, by thinking this way thinking outside of just what you were brought in to deliver 
Um, and that's how we build good relationships with our clients and how we keep coming back to do more good work for them when they need uh, and, and leave them happy. All right, final question. And this is, this is the question that I think is the hardest to answer. What's been so far as a consultant in your most challenging leadership role? I think some of the, the most challenging leadership opportunities as a consultant is when there's so much work and it has to be done so very quickly. And it's essentially months or maybe even a year of really hard work. Hard work, week in, week out, um, you get drained. And you, you start to not necessarily fire on all cylinders. And you get a, you can get a little rundown when you've got a big go live, a big deliverable uh, approaching after many, many, many months of really hard work. Those are pretty challenging situations for everybody on the team. And then to add on sort of the weight uh, and the responsibility of being a leader in those positions can be challenging. But I think, unfortunately, that's the most critical time to have put in the work on your team to create the right culture the right mentality that we support, we boost, we inject as much fun, optimism, positivity as we can to keep working towards our goals. That stuff is extra. It can take time away from the big end goal, but if you do it and you build that culture on your team, it is the thing that will successfully get you to the finish line. So those months and months and months of really challenging work, they take intention, they take thought, uh, but if you do those things, you're generally left with a lot of good, good warm and fuzzies on the other side of a successful delivery. Awesome. Any parting words before we wrap up today? Any parting words? Any piece of advice that you can give a consultant? My one piece of advice that I'd like to leave all of our listeners with, whether you're a consultant already at Digineer, whether you're a potential one or uh, just a just a fan listening to this podcast, it's important that when you think about leadership and the challenges in your in your work life or in your whatever organizations you might be a part of, that you can lead from wherever you are. You don't have to be a formal leader. You don't have to have all of the knowledge uh, to to. You don't have to have all of the knowledge uh, about your particular area, but you can lead from wherever you sit on a team, in an organization, set a good example, set the right tone, be the team, and help reach that finish line and deliver results. Awesome. Megan, thank you so much. I know it's a beautiful Friday night uh, when we started recording this. It looks like it's a summer in Minnesota, so we're going to go enjoy that time. Um, And thanks for doing this with us again. Thank you very much, Fresh. This was awesome. Awesome. Thank you.